Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Hola. And Larry Korea. Have a Coke and a smile and shut up. Today's episode, titles, and why we suck at them. Everybody, welcome back to the Writer Dojo. Larry and I are pleased to be with you. Today we're going to have a really good episode. We're going to talk about titles and why we suck at them. And uh, But first, first, we need to get something out of the way, Larry. How's the nose? I tell you guys, this episode is brought to you by Top Care Premium Saline Nasal Moisturizing Spray. <laughs> because without it, I cannot function. So last week we were supposed to meet and uh and and do and record a few episodes you know enough episodes to end the year and 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 in our third end our third season but uh larry texts me and he's like dude it ain't happening today buddy yeah so for those of you that uh, i i apologize last week was the first week we missed an episode uh which is actually pretty good for three seasons yeah year and a half yeah that's pretty good and so uh that was my fault i got septoplasty because i am a mouth breather or was a mouth breather uh, I, I broke my nose a lot when I was younger. I've broken my nose four times in my life that I know of. Um, yeah, and it, it turns out the head-butting dairy cows is not healthy for children. No. Who no. would have ever thought? One out of ten would not recommend. Would not recommend. And I, I've, got it, I've gotten it broke a few times, and so it healed weird, and so I had a really bad deviated septum and a bone spur, and it's been getting worse as I got older. So I got that fixed, and so it was a week after the surgery we were supposed to record. Yeah, no, no, that was not going to happen. Now, I had this surgery back in, I want to say, 15 or 16. And mine was a little different. My my septum was deviated way more to one side than yours, but I hadn't I didn't have any other problems from, like, broken nosy stuff. And it was not fun. Oh, it sucked. It sucked. I uh, So for the first week, they just pack it, like, with so much stuff. And it's just ridiculous, and it's like your entire head is filled. And my, my nose actually shed skin because it was so swollen. For real, it's like a bad sunburn, all the skin. I had to shave, too, so I'm clean-shaven. Well, it's, I got, it's an I, abomination. I got two weeks' worth of stubble right now. Uh, you guys, you, you, you don't understand. Like, when, when Lovecraft wrote about unspeakable horrors in the distance and in the nether, when Nietzsche wrote about, like, staring into the abyss and the abyss staring back, this is... This is where we're at. That's Steve looking across the table at my clean-shaven face. Uh-huh. Yes, it's pretty horrible, guys. I'm I'm actually rather jowly, I discovered when I shaved. I hadn't shaved for like 12 years, and so I shaved for the I surgery. I saw you the last time you shaved. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. It was when we worked together. It was like 12 or 13 years yeah. ago, and I shaved, and, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And everyone told you never to do it again. And I had to just for medical reasons, and I will never do it again. But no, I'm hey, doing better. But aren't you glad you did? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can actually breathe through my nose right now, which is kind of weird. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, hope, I hope that just don't just don't blow your nose right now. Oh, yeah, it's just it's, no. guys, it's the worst thing ever. Don't it's do nasty. That. Yeah, you'll die. All right. So that's Larry. Uh, me, I am still unemployed. Happily, uh, getting a lot of writing done. Getting a lot of writing done. Uh, Larry and I were talking right before we went live that. Uh, so, I, I listened to the audiobook of Servants of War took a bunch of notes on it. Then after that, I did a, an edit and rewrite on Parasite, the sequel to Residue. Turned that in. And I'm about 40,000 words into science fiction novel. 
I'm anticipating it's going to be right around 100k. That's um, pretty cool. And so, and that and today's the we're recording this on the 12th of December. Should go live on the 14th. So, basically, within the I've done all of that, all three of those things that I just talked about. I've done all of that in a month. That's pretty amazing. And so, now the interesting thing, Larry, is I haven't been binge writing. I have not done that once. I've actually tried to maintain a very steady uh, output um, using the numbers that you usually talk about. In Shooting mind. for about 2,000 a Two day. Two to 3,000 a day. Yeah, it's a comfortable pace. Very nice. I don't burn myself out because for a minute I thought I would just sit down and just burn and just burn and burn and burn. And the first few days I was writing, I was doing this and 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 I had a whole bunch of different I had a whole bunch of difficulties and and we can do a whole episode on on me learning how to be a full time author at home, but uh, I I started kind of falling into a comfortable about three thousand a day, and then and it's not all at once for me anyway. Like I'll do some in the morning and then I'm usually I'm I'm like a I'm like a stay at home dad right now, so I'm constantly ferrying the kids around to various things. Oh yeah, and uh, while while Jenny's actually you know making money and stuff. And, uh, and so, I mean, bless her freaking heart. Um, and then, uh, so that's all I'm doing. I'm doing that. And then, you know, after all the kids go to bed, like I found I can get another 500, a thousand words in at night just to kind of wrap things off where my, where my head was at as I'm thinking through the day. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Like we had this conversation, um, uh, when you got laid off, because I, when I, many years ago, I, I used to own a gun store. And then when I sold my gun store, I had a period of about four or five months where I was unemployed and looking for a job. And the economy would crash and everything sucked. Sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. And um, the thing is, though, I actually, looking back, uh, this was, you know, a long time. It was like 2010, eight, no, 2008. And uh, what happened was actually that turned out to be the most pro productive, well-paying unemployment ever because during that time I finished off Dead Six uh, with Mike Cooper and then I wrote Hard Magic, which was yeah. my first like kind of spinoff type thing from Monster Hunter, which blew up huge and is because for the first time in my life I was able to go be a full-time writer. And then I went back and I got a job again and I did yep. that for, you know, that's when we worked together yep. and I did that for several years, about five years and then I- Yeah, about five years. And yeah. then I've been quit ever since and I've been, what, seven years now as a full-time author. It is definitely a jump. To make to, to, to make nine. that leap, nine, nine? years. It's been twenty thirteen. Wow, holy moly! May eighth. No wonder I've written not so that many anyone, books. Not that anyone's you know counting. Steve's good at dates. Uh, just that one. Well, it's anyway, burned this, into my brain. This episode's <clears throat> about titles. This episode's about titles, everybody, <laughs> uh, and why we're so terrible at them. Now, I struggle with this, Larry, and I know you do too. Especially because I, I remember this specifically when we were doing um, when we were doing Servants of War. Servants of War is not the original title. It used no. to be called Grunt's Eye View. Yeah, we didn't have a uh, most. That was more like a project <clears throat> title, I think. Yeah, most projects that I do, I have a a working title, which is not the same as a good marketable uh, on Amazon or catalogs or bookstore shelves title. Now, Grunt's Eye View, if I recall. When we, when you pitched the story to Tony, you pitched it as it's kind of a a grunt size view um, of of a view into this war. 
that's this big on. fantasy world and a it's fantasy war. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the project, that, or that's the title that, that Tony put it as, Tony Weisskopf. Now, well, and, and, and if you remember, for those of you that, for those of you that have read it, there's a prequel story that I wrote in Noir Fatale that follows Kristoff, and it's basically Kristoff's origin story. In that anthology, it's called, it says, it says what it's called. I think it's called The Privileges of Violence, and it's called A Grunt's Eye View Story. And, that, and that's how it's listed in the anthology. Well, you know, a year later, after, you know, after that, that story comes out, Tony comes to us and she goes, yeah, um, come up with a different title. I don't like this one. Yep. That's the problem. <laughs> the titles, um, the thing about titles is the main reason titles exist is the same reason covers exist. It's to sell the book. Mm-hmm. It's to catch people's attention and make them think, wow, I want to read this. That title's cool. What is this cool thing? And sometimes the title that you have in mind as a working title is not necessarily going to be effective as a marketing title. And so you've got to change it. And so we're going to talk today about different types of titles and how to get, come up with titles and uh, different methods and uh, different schools of thought. Uh, just so you guys know, for the record, I suck at titles. Most of my books are not named what uh, I started writing them as. Most of those got changed as I was working on them. Or uh, Tony came back at the end of the process and said, no, you need a better name. Um, that said, I, I tend to develop themes in my titles for different series. Like the joke about Monster Hunter is Monster Hunter Strong Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every monster. It's Monster, monster Hunter Strong Word. And th- that, that will be the series forever. That's how we're going to do it. <clears throat> so, you know, International, uh, Vendetta, Alpha, uh, Legion, Siege. You know, these are all, uh, you know, uh, Guardian, yeah. Nemesis. These are all strong words, right? So that's how, how that's going to work. And then, um, like, Son of the Black Sword, basically, that just worked out that it's something of something. Every title is something of something. So that one's uh, Son of the Black Sword, uh, House of Assassins, Destroyer of Worlds, and Tower of Silence, with the last one theoretically being called Graveyard of Demons. And so that's how that worked that's out. That's a great title. Yeah. And so it just kind of depends. And it, it, a lot of it's like what sticks in the minds of the readers and it's memorable. Uh, titles do get reused. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. People don't seem to realize that. They're like, well, there's another book with that name. Yes. Yeah. There's probably 60 hey, books with that name and you've hey, heard Larry. of two or three of them. Hey, Larry, did you know that Monster Hunter is the name of a video game franchise from Japan? I tell you, that's been the curse of my existence because that video game. So when I started writing this book in 2007... <laughs> Nobody had really heard of it in America. Like, like only the weebiest of, of Japanophile gamers had heard of Monster Hunter, the, the Konami game in America in 2007. I was not among them. Uh, for me, it was just a self-described title. Uh, and actually having it named after... Uh, that's one of the types of names uh, is when you just name it after a noun from the book. Mm-hmm. You know, So Monster Hunter International was just the name of the company. And so I ran with it. Uh, and it, it worked. And why was it Monster Hunter International? I just thought that sounded cool, you know, when I started writing it. Then the video game blew up. Well, by the time I was about two, three books into the series, the video game started blowing up huge in America. Yeah. And there's been endless confusion ever since. Well, I remember uh, I remember when you were on Ethan Van, Ethan Van Skyver's podcast um, a while back, and there were all these people in the comments being like, oh, does he know about this? He'll get sued for this. And I'm like, guys, guys. If they, if they haven't sued him by now, they're not going to. 
And frankly, it'd probably be within their best interest to just let it go because it's way more popular than any other media they've done. Yeah. Because <laughs> their movie's trash. <laughs> I tell you, when that movie came out, I had so many people who were like, is that yours? No. No. No, it is not. No, unfortunately. The thing is, though, titles uh, do get reused. Oh, gosh. Um, There's only you, so many strong words. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and like even, even my young adult series, Residue, if you type in Residue into Amazon for books, you're going to come up with like 20. Well, anything that's going to have like a one-word title especially, I would imagine you'd have a slew of them. Well, and I and I do the same thing in my in my YA series as you do with Monster Hunter, and that's that I kind of want everything to be to be the same in within the series. And so the first book is Residue, the sequel's Parasite, the third book will be called Catalyst, and so and, and then it's done. And then with um, like how many how many things are called Parasite? Oh, so many. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a freaking anime called Parasite. Yeah, there's. I know it's spelled different. I can think of a couple horror movies. There, yeah, there is, and then there's. There's like a totally non-horror Asian film. It's like a family drama called Parasite. I mean, I guess that's not that surprising called Parasite. But, I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. And there, there, was a, there was a three-part series um, when Residue first came out in book form. Not like there's any other form for it. But there was a, it was like a three-part, uh, like a, a three-episode miniseries called Residue on Netflix. And it was terrible. And I wanted it to be good so bad because I could just like like draft <laughs> off the hashtag or whatever. This, the science fiction series I'm writing, the first book is called Call of the Void. And then the sequel will be somewhat referential, Scars of the Void, things of that nature, right? Has Call of the Void been done? I'm sure it has. Yeah, I'm sure it has. I mean, if lo- I mean I'm sure someone's done some sort of Lovecraftian thing off of it. It's very Lovecraftian. Well, book, book titles are very much like song titles. And that you're going to have certain things. They're just like evocative phrases or mm-hmm. words. Um, anything that's a biblical phrase. Oh, gosh. Or a famous like Rudyard Kipling poem that's been around for, you know, 100 years. Uh, then you're going to have, that's going to get used. Now, a little bit of trivia for everybody. The reason why this book is called, why, why mine and Larry's book is called Servants of War is from a Kipling poem. It's from, an ep- it's from one of his epigraphs of war. Or epitaphs, epigraphs. I don't know. I don't remember which one it is. Anyway, I have it right here. Uh, Epitaphs of War. Um, This was Tony's suggestion. She's like, well, so she says, okay, guys, I need a better title. And Larry's like, yeah, we should do that. Steve, you should do that. (laughs) Because I am so bad at titles, guys. You have to understand that. So so I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. First a romance scene, now the, the, and then the back matter, and now the blurb, and now the freaking, the title. It's, um, it's how you learn, and so, <laughs> so I, so she, she recommends these to me because the, you know, the epitaphs of war were written for World War One, right? And I'm like, wow, that that feels appropriate. So I start reading them, and sure enough, guys, like the second one is called a servant, and it says, "We were together since the war began. He was my servant and the better man." And I remember reading that, and the two words that that hit me were servant and war. And that's why Servants of War came. Now, the sequel, the tentative title for the sequel is Instruments of Violence. And that didn't come from these. But it was just a really cool title. And I remember Tony saying, yeah, yeah, 
Both those titles are really good. Use one for the first book and one for the second. Well, we'll have to see on the second one because I actually have a novella called Instruments of War that I wrote for War Machine nah. way back in the EOD times. Meh, they don't, they don't matter anymore. Yeah, I know. It's just one of those things. That's the thing about titles. Yeah. There's – so I guess the, the lesson for this first this first half is don't worry about that too much. Obviously, don't call your book Star Wars. Okay? Probably not. Don't call it Mickey Mouse Adventureland. I mean, obviously, there's some things that if you tread on, you're going to get squished. Yeah. You know, um, but there's other things that are just like they're going to get used. Oh, okay. So, like, the Avatar is – there's a new Avatar movie. How many things have had Avatar in the title? So many. Well, the thing is because you actually look what the word means and uh, and basically in a religious sense. And it's usually when you see that Avatar of something is going to pop up, usually in a drama or a horror sense – or up in this case, sci-fi. And so basically anything that stands in the place of something else. How many things have you seen Harbinger used in All stuff? Um, fantasy titles are really hard too because fantasy titles tend to be a little descriptive. Um, but, but you only have certain things. Because like they did that thing one time. It was uh, of the best-selling fantasy books. They had dragon, sword, uh, fire, throne, shadow. <laughs> you know, there's like yeah. certain strong fantasy words that get used over and over again and the trouble with fantasy remember back when we talked about um certain verbs and certain descriptions and naming and stuff within books there's we we talked about the trouble of naming everything new and unique like sometimes it's just a horse guys you remember that right well when you're when you're doing fantasy novels and you have all of these new fantastical elements within your story, if they're so outlandish and fantastical, that's cool and all. They don't make for good titles. Because everyone, the whole idea of the title is to draw someone in. Think about it from the bookstore perspective. Okay, bookstore guy hat on, right? If, you, if we had a really cool title of a really cool book and a really cool cover on it, we would face it out because the cover... And the title itself would draw people in. The whole point of that is to draw them in, to get them to pick up the book. Because as soon as someone picks up a book, they were, I don't remember what the stat is, I think it was like 60% more likely to buy a book once they had, had physically held it in their hands. And so if your title is something wonky that no one can pronounce or no one knows, you wouldn't, the... The natural tendency isn't to go, oh, I'm going to pick that up and see what that means. No, no. The natural tendency is to go to the next shelf. Yep. And so that's why so many people use flame and dragon and sword and and whatever, right? So it's it's a really weird balance when it comes to naming things. I mean, sort of Shandra. I was going to say, because that follows the sword part, but it's got the weird name part. But then the next one's... Elf stones. Yeah. But everyone knows what stones are. Yep. And everyone knows what elves are. Yep. Even at that point in time, everyone knew what an elf was. And it was the sequel, too. Yep. So the Shanna report had already been out there and the book had been a hit. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, think of Robert Jordan. Eye of the world. Okay. All normal stuff, all normal words, but put into a place where people can look at it and go, oh, I wonder what the eye of the world is. Well, like when I did Destroyer of Worlds... That was another one of those. That, and obviously, everybody knows where that comes from. Uh, that's from the Bhagavad Gita, you know. But that's, but um, but it got famous in the Western world because of Oppenheimer. 
yeah. you know, after we set off the nuclear bomb. Except I'm writing this Indian-themed uh, uh, fantasy thing. So for me, it was a no-brainer to use that phrase. Yeah. Plus, in the case of this, it was actually from old forbidden, <laughs> forbidden burn books. Um, All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the ways which we actually do come up with titles. Um, some of the ones that work, why we think they work within our own, our own stories. Uh, and if, if there's any difference between uh, novels and then like short stories and stuff. So we'll be right back. The war between Al Masia and the Empire of Kolokovia is in its hundredth year. Casualties grow on both sides as the conflict leaves no corner of the world untouched. Alarian Glaskov's quiet life on the fringes of the Empire is thrown into chaos when an impossible tragedy strikes his village. When he is conscripted into the Tsarist military, he is sent to serve in The Wall, an elite regiment that pilots suits of armors made from the husks of dead golems. But the Great War is not the only, or even the worst, danger facing Valerian, as he is caught in a millennia-old conflict between two goddesses. He must survive the ravages of trench warfare, horrific monsters from another world, and the treacherous internal politics of the country he serves. Servants of War, New Military Fantasy. By Master of Horror Steve Diamond and international bestseller Larry Correa. Available on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. Pick up your copy today. Welcome back. In the uh, during the break, Larry snorted some more saline. It was wonderful. Um, and we we discussed the uh, the dangers of snorting regular water. Don't do it, kids. It's bad for you. So, uh, Larry, before the break, we were talking about titles and how we came up with them. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the different ways in which we, uh, some of the methods or mechanics or, or whatever you want to call it for how we actually do this. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, when I was first starting out as a writer, I read this wonderful article about the different types of titles. And I wish, I actually looked for it and I couldn't find it. I, I Googled for it and couldn't find it before this. I, I wish I could remember who wrote it because it was really smart. But it was to the, something to the effect of it broke down where titles come from. And they had it in different categories. So basically there was like the book that's named after the character. Bosch. Bosch. You know. Luther. Luther. Whatever. There's the book that's named after the place. Dune. Exactly. There's the book that's named after the thing, like the the, the the overarching thing that it's about. The Sword of Shannara. Yeah. Foundation. Foundation. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, so so you have these different types of things like that. Then there's sayings from the book. Anytime there's like a line of dialogue from, or not, not just a line of dialogue or a line of description, uh, that they lift from the book whole and call that the title, they call that a gobbit. And I don't, so I don't know who came up with this, but I thought that was brilliant. And then there's the evil reverse gobbit. Uh, so evil. So what the reverse gobbit is, is you think of a really super cool title. Like, wow, I want to name my book something really cool. And you have this really like, cool I don't name. Know, like, but servant, it's not in the book. Like, like Servants of War or something. Yeah, like Servants of War. So then you go and you have this really cool title and you shove that into the book. You shove that into the manuscript. And so a lot of times you will see a title like that and you're like, is that a gobbit or a reverse gobbit? So did it come about naturally and then they use it as the title? Or did they come up with the title and think, wow, that'd be a really kick butt name for a book and then shove it into the book? It doesn't really matter. 
you guys do whatever you want. There's not really a right <laughs> or wrong way to do this. So Servants of War was actually a reverse. It was the reverse. Um, you know, when Tony came to us and said, hey, f- fix this. This title sucks. Give me a new one. And we said, yes, ma'am. And Larry said, Steve, make it so. And I said, yes, sir. And, uh, and, and you know, Tony pointed us to that, that uh, epitaph that I wrote or that I, that I just read. Well, when, I, when we kind of pushed forward Servants of War to Tony and she liked it, um, that was at that point we said, okay, well, that's the title. And Larry was doing some revisions at that point. And he said, uh, he's like, well, don't worry, I'll find a place to shove it in. And so we did. And it's, and it's stirring some of the, uh, like the training camp scenes in the first third of the book. Larry shoved it in there. Now, when you read that scene, you think, oh, this is where he pulled the title from. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. No. So we, we did a reverse copy. We were yep. sneaky. Um, so it's one of those interesting things. Uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg, is whatever you said because you're the author. Mm-hmm. So if you come up with a really wicked cool title, just cram that into the book somewhere. So Werewolf Cop. Right? Werewolf Cop. Which is working, not which, which, the working title. Which is not, which is not what the book is called. Um, it's just easier to say on air. And apparently there's a movie and a book. Oh, there totally named are. Werewolf Cop. Or, or it might be called Wolf Cop. Or Wolf Cop. Um, but it's it's a total like, like, like B movie horror, like comedy, actiony thing. So the actual title for it is "On the Devil's Side," and and I think I've sh- I think I'm pretty sure I've shared this on on, yeah. on the show before. But that came from a quote from Luther, which is one of our mutual best uh, or one of our mutual favorite shows. Great show. I believe actually in twenty twenty three. There's either a movie or a two-part series. Well, because I haven't it. watched the last season either. Dude, I know, I know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it ends on a, it ends on a kind of a cliffhanger. It's messed up. So it's good I haven't watched it. Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> dude, it was really good, really, really good. I loved it. Um, and I and it also, man, it rips your heart out in a few in a few spots. Oh man, it rips your heart out. Okay, yeah, it's so awesome. Have not seen that yet. Um, so. There's a scene in the first series, uh, first season series. Well, I don't remember what they called over it's there in British. England. I know they're all weird over there. But uh, John Luther is, is standing on top of the of the police detective precinct or whatever they call it there. And he's got his feet on the edge and he's looking down. And his partner comes out, who's a douchebag, and his partner comes out and says, uh, John, are you okay? And Luther looks back at him, Idris Elba, and looks back at his partner and he goes, do you ever wonder if you're on the devil's side and you don't even know it? And when I heard that quote, like it, one, it just sent chills through me because I love that quote. It's one of my favorite quotes of, of any series of any, of any type ever. And I heard it and I went, oh yeah, like that's, that's like the perfect quote. And then just that middle part on devil's side really stuck with me. And so that's, that's where I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to turn that into a title of a book. At some point in the future, one day, when I write Werewolf Cop, that's going to be the title because it's a cool title. Yeah. So that'll be one that you'll actually get that into the book as you write the book. So that works. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, that works fine. And then to go along with one of the things that you've talked about, that you talked about in the first half of the show, and that's kind of having a theme or having some sort of consistency running through the book titles, you know, Monster Hunter, Strong Word. Mm-hmm. or whatever. So I've already kind of envisioned that for this series, it would be 
something about the devil in, in all the different titles, right? So the short story I wrote for the third, um, for the third noir anthology is called A Devil's Bargain. And so every title, that if, if you see something come up for me, a story for me or a book for me, and it says something about the devil in the title, you kind of are going to start to know, oh, this is about the detective. This is a, t- a detective story with that character. So for me, I want to start using the titles as almost personal branding for it, just like you do with Monster Hunter. And I think that's really interesting. And, and I think that if you do it well, um, I think you can use it to effect really well. And I think you've done this with, with Monster Hunter. Yeah, because each Monster Hunter title has been basically kind of what the theme of, not necessarily the theme, but like what the book is about. Uh, generally, like with Monster Hunter Bloodlines, I got really sneaky. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bloodlines. Now, there's there's one that's been used in like a million movies and TV shows and books. I'm sure Bloodlines has been in everything. Every vampire series ever. But I used Bloodlines, and very specifically, I actually uh, I did a bait and switch on that because everybody thought it was about one particular Bloodline, <laughs> and it was not. It was about a different one. Um, and so I actually was to the book had both of them and the I'm second proud, one was a surprise. I'm proud that I knew which, I'm proud that when you and I were talking before. Yeah. Steve figured I knew, that one I out. I knew which one it was going to be. Yeah. Steve figured that out. You and know, who and what the bloodline you was. You did well on that. I got to say that's uh, the, the, the only person who's ever done better than that was when uh, Jim Butcher told me the entire plot of Son of the Black Sword after he read it. And he told me all the secret stuff that I hadn't revealed yet. Freaking Jim. He's good at his job. Now, title wise, um... I, I I think the main thing is is are you enthusiastic about it? Does it like hit those buttons and say, "Oh wow, this is awesome"? Does the reader have that reaction? Does your pub if you're traditionally published, does your publisher have that reaction? Because that's a big one is selling the title to the salespeople. Um, so Hard Magic. When I originally wrote Hard Magic, the original title was Hard Magic 1932. In my head, that's how I had it. Uh, it was that was that was it was Hard Magic 1932. And uh, the 1932 got cut off. Yeah. So I, that makes sense to me, though. But then it got turned into a uh, the Grim Noir Chronicles mm-hmm. Hark Magic. And so that's why so I had a series title. Yeah. And your series title would be one that you need to come up with. Uh, it's very important if you have a bunch of oh, interconnected man. books. When, when Tony asked us for a series title for this, that was hard, dude. That was way harder than. That was way hard. And actually, we went with one of those with a couple of those big, strong fantasy. Uh, oh yeah, fantasy words, mm-hmm. ravens. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And well, the the reason we did that though is that was actually kind of a thing that um, was a recurring thing in the book because yeah. that was the Baba Yaga's eyes, mm-hmm. and so we actually had that in the book nonstop. And every yeah. time a big, major, pivotal historical thing happened. They were there, was there. A, there was a raven there watching. Yeah, there were always the Baba Yaga always had eyes, and so for us that that made sense. And so that was actually that was actually a gobbit, and mm-hmm. well, it wasn't a gobbit. We we're taking a phrase, but that was a thing that was already in the book. We didn't cram that in the book. So I don't know, guys. It just kind of depends. There's not really a right answer or wrong answer. It's like, does it work or does it not? Hard magic does make me laugh though, because I named it hard magic because to me, I was going for a 1930s pulp detective feel, like hard boiled. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, 
And uh, there's apparently a paranormal romance. I don't know if I've been out longer or oh, they've dear. been out longer. So there's a paranormal. But even better is this last year, Penny Arcade, the car, the comic, was was doing a joke about books, and they had a fake book they made up called Hard Magic, and the and the cover is like totally is one of those sex sexy paranormal erotica books, and they and they did that, and I was like. Wow. Okay, that's not what the cover of mine looks like at all. But I'm, <laughs> and so definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so it sounds like a porno title, but no, it is not. No, it isn't. Well, then I did Spellbound for the second. And originally, the title was Spellbound in a forty-five. Well, and again, Spellbound has been used. Oh gosh, yeah. Now Warbound hasn't, because that was weird enough. Really if it not. has, I don't know of it, but possibly. Who knows? Uh, but Spellbound, I'm sure, has been done many times. Tons. Yeah, in fact, there's a there's a Nightwish song. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah. know by that title. So honestly, guys, if you're going to try to come up with a really original title, good luck. It does happen. There are original titles out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, that's going to be not so much. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Now, the the one place where where I think you can show a little bit more originality and differentiate yourself a little bit more is in short stories. Your short stories, um, the titles of those aren't going to be on the cover of a book, right? You, you're just going to, the, the title will be, okay, so so Noir Fatale. That was the name of, of that first, end, of one of those uh, uh, noir anthologies that, that you edited that I'm in. Yep. Great title. And it tells you everything that you need to know about the stories that are within. Now, the stories that are within all have all sorts of random titles. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. Some of them, you can get away with really long titles in short stories that most people wouldn't care about. Yeah, and the longer the title, the more unique, obviously, you can mm-hmm. make it, but that's really hard on a book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, I mean, you think about some of those, uh, oh, oh, what's what's that movie title? A, a Staggering Work of... Oh, um, that's, such a good, um, that's the Nick Cage one. What is the it? unbearable weight of massive talent? Yeah, it's it's a little much. It works for that. It works for that because the movie is a little much, and it's yeah. Nick Cage playing off of Nick Cage being the Nick meme Cage. of Nick yeah. Cage, and it's a great movie. Actually, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. But as a as a book, that's too much. It's from one title. Again, think really, think of the thumbnail, right? Think yeah. of the thumbnail that you're going to see on Amazon or, or whatever, that's a lot of words on a small amount of real estate. There are some long titles that do pan out, uh, that do work. I Am Not a Serial Killer. Okay. Actually, that's yeah. a great title. That is. That's a that great is. Title. That is a great title. But like you think about short stories, uh, you know, I, I was a, I have no mouth, but I must scream. That'll work for, I mean, in that case, it was a, a novella, but that ain't going to work for a book. You know, that's not going to work for a book. Do title. androids dream of electric sheep? Oh, geez. Yeah, that's a good example. We can too. remember it for you wholesale. Philip K. Dick actually had some really cool titles. Yeah. Now, so right? you can pull off really long but again, titles. All of those are short stories and novellas. Okay. Yeah. I guess I thought, oh, I guess he yeah, had Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yes. Yeah. They're all short. Yep. And so when they, then when they do a film version, it's Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, that's crazy, actually. Yeah, so there are long titles out there, um, but but they are harder to pull off. And then again, it depends on the marketing and the branding. It's like uh, Chuck Tingle's books all oh. have titles like uh, 
pounded in the butt by the socioeconomic ramifications of Brexit. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, is still the greatest title I've ever heard for oh, a book. <laughs> this... Freaking A. Actually, you know what? This is a good thing to end on, Steve. What is, what do you, what, off the top of your head, what would you think of as a super cool book title? Like a title that to you is just oh. super cool. Like, like somebody else's that you're jealous of. All you need is kill. Oh, that's such a good title. Dude. And why did they change the movie? The, the movie okay. got a generic name. Well, and that's the funny thing. That actually, that movie has two titles. When it first came out, it was Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is the most milk white generic, generic title that says nothing about anything of the movie. We didn't really talk about bad titles, but yeah, that's definitely one. It's like, it just doesn't tell me any, it's well, totally forgettable. Mm-hmm. Think about all the all the things we said about why we like titles a certain way. You know, whether we're talking about they're hard magic, yeah. passionate, yeah. You're, you're, you're descriptive. Now think of the opposite. That's all the bad stuff. Edge, Edge of tomorrow. Of tomorrow. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right. No one actually remembers. That. I just remember it's a they, they, Tom what they remember movie. What they remember is when the movie came out on video, it had a different title. It was called Live Die Repeat: The Edge of Tomorrow. And they remember that first part, live, die, repeat, because that, it gives you more of the, kind of the Groundhog Day. Yeah, hyper-violent Groundhog you know? Day. And when you paired it with, like, the look of the of the picture, of the poster, and, you know, you saw Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt all dirty and violent and stuff like that, like, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But, seriously? You didn't call it All You Need Is Kill? Which was the original book that Which it was, was based the, on. It's a, it's a Japanese book. This, Which is a great title. It's a it's a great title. Actually, I think the book, or I think the movie's better than the book in this case. Um, I I love the movie. I love, love, love the movie. The movie's actually really good. I really enjoyed it. The book is way too nihilistic for me. Hmm. Nothing matters. Um, and we, we can do a whole episode on, on why I dislike nihilism in fiction. Yeah. But... Um, but all you need is kill. Come on. Great. great you can't title. tell me that's not like just a top tier title. Top, my favorite, if I was going to pick a single title, it's Maximum Bob by Elmore Leonard. I And the book's just okay. It's not Elmore Leonard's one of his, not one of his stronger books. He's actually written a lot of better books, but it's just, it's called Maximum Bob. And Elmore like, Leonard, dude, that guy has so many cool titles. Oh yeah. Fire in the Hole. Oh yeah, that is that was where Justified came from. Yeah. Now, why did they call the TV show Justified? Well, you know, because it's one of those. It, well, it has to do with the shoot. It always has to do with the shoot. Yep. Right. Is it Justified or not? Well, because originally the show was called Lawman. Did oh. you know that? The no, original, I didn't know that. That's the, a terrible title. The working title of Justified was Lawman, which is not a good title compared no, to terrible. Justified. Yeah, Justified's a way better title. Oh. Yeah. See, see, titles, titles, guys. They titles matter. Are, titles matter. Ugh. All right, guys. You heard it from us. This is that's your scoop. Titles matter. Get one that doesn't suck. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one, guys. Take it easy. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song: Word Mercenaries by Craig Nivo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writerdojo 
by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Ah! I promise that's not cocaine. Whew! Salt water. Oh, yeah.